What is up? What is up? It is your girl, of course, the one and only aesthetically dope. So this podcast is going to be a little bit different for obvious reasons. Uh, yeah, I don't even know. Yeah, I'm not going to do an intro. I'm just going to continue blah, blah, blahing. <laughs> So those of you who've been following my podcast for a while knows that this is my kind of personal journal. It really helps me to, you know, see my growth as a person. I might say some shit. (laughs) Sorry. I might say some stuff that I don't necessarily believe in in one podcast right now. 30 years from now, I'll look back and be like, yeah, I don't I don't know who that person was. But anyways, this isn't about that. Okay, so for those of you who have been following me for a while, that means you started when I started doing my podcast inside of my office and it was really cool because I was like, whatever, you know, and then from my office, I moved to doing my Sunday sessions, which kind of helped me to reflect on in the Sunday morning hours and I still have to sleep in my voice. (laughs) Um, to now where I just do my Wednesdays beats, if I remember, goodness, because I've been so busy with my, my business. So, I don't know, I think I might, uh, shift to my Sunday sessions again. Sundays are much more relaxing for me, and I think that I prefer my Sunday sessions because... I can just get up in the morning and head on over to my desk or my closet, <laughs> whatever is the most sound deadening at that time of day. It's usually my closet, uh, but it is what it is. And, you know, record, hit record and just sip my coffee all tired and try not to yawn in between. Oh, I said the word. Anyway, you guys, you've been listening. You know, if I say the word, it's going to happen. Suck it in, suck it in, suck it in. Okay, I'm good. I'm good. It's gone. So anyways, uh, if you have been following my posts on social media, um, well, anti-social media, but whatever, uh, on any form of my social media, that would be my business, she designs things, or even uh, my Aesthetically Dope, which is my personal brand, <clears throat> then you know that Someone very near and dear to me has passed away. And that, of course, was my oldest sister, Sierra. Now, I feel as though I processed my sister's uh, death, her untimely demise, quite well, even though it's literally been less than two weeks. And the reason I want to talk about this in particular because while you know dealing with her funeral arrangements and uh just trying to handle everything and it just got annoying um and I'm gonna tell you why it got annoying and kind of what aggravates me and it's something that that definitely would have aggravated my sister like if you knew her you knew that (laughs) she she was so small and she was so sweet but Damn it, if she didn't have a temper on her, she would fly off the handle. But I'm also going to discuss her, some of her battles um, 
in her life because that's all we have now our memories of her and our stories of her and yeah she i don't know but uh, yeah let's just do it so my sister sierra was born november 14th 1989 she passed away on july 22nd 2022 literally the same day as what would be my anniversary with my boyfriend because we him and i met july 22nd 2017 um but we don't him and i don't celebrate an anniversary so it didn't really dawn on me until after the fact <clears throat> so she passed away um uh in a hospital she you know my sister i remember I was getting ready to go to the dentist in the morning when my mom called. And in the morning times, I, like, am notorious for ignoring phone calls. Like, I see my phone, I look at it, it's ringing. I'm like, I don't, I don't feel like socializing right now. Um, but I was already up, and I was uh, brushing my teeth and just getting ready when my mom called. And my mom was crying, and she was upset, and she's like, we have to get to the hospital because uh, your sister isn't doing too good. And I was like, okay, all right, I'll be there. She's like, call your other sister. So my little sister, because I'm the middle daughter, call your sister Anna because she's not picking up. And Anna is a real estate agent, so she was busy um, fielding clients. And most of her clients are obnoxious as hell, and they act as if, they have the sense of entitlement. I don't know what the hell is up with that generation, that old generation. They got to cut that out. But anyways, so there was like this sense of entitlement with her clients. So I didn't get to reach her until I was already at the dentist. Um, so I said, okay, I'll be there because my dentist was already on the way to the hospital, uh, which is a different county. It's close to me, but it's a different county, which is kind of weird. Um, so... I said, okay, my mom wasn't there yet, so she didn't really know what was going on just yet. So I went to the dentist because if you knew my sister's life, this wasn't uncommon for her to go to the hospital, um, nor was it uncommon for her to be in an induced coma. So my sister, I know you've guys seen the post regarding alcoholism it is it's it's an unfortunate fact of life that okay there's statistics on it and I'm not gonna quote the damn statistics because you can actually read that on her project page that I created and I'll talk about that in a little bit but it is mind-boggling to me the number of people who suffer with alcoholism in the world, not only just the United States, but in the world. And a lot of it is men. Okay. A lot of it is men, but there are women. There's just as many women that are alcoholics, but the issue is you don't, there are functioning alcoholics. And then there are people who are like my sister, who the damage is so, so heavy. When it gets to a point where the damage is so heavy, you're no longer a functioning alcoholic. So she had been in medically induced comas 
couple times, maybe three times over the last five years. You would think after getting in a medically induced coma that she would get better. Um, she would get better for a time period, but the further you wait, further you are away from the point of devastation, the more it seems like it's not a big deal. And so for my sister, it got to a point where it was just not a big deal to her. She would call us after she'd gotten out of a coma. We wouldn't even know that she was in a medically induced coma. Fuck you hospitals for not calling like extended family. Like her phone is in her bag. You could like use her fucking fingerprint to open her phone and be like, okay, well, we've got to do something. Now, the issue that I have, and I'll go back to her story a little bit more, is that my sister suffered with mental illness before she became an alcoholic. The mental health crisis in this country is ridiculous. It's it's sickening because she has always had mental health issues since she was a child, which means my mom being um, low income below the poverty line. We were Medicaid recipients, Medicaid, not Medicare. For those of you who don't understand that there's a difference, Medicare is for old people. Medicaid is for people who are younger um, or families who can't afford health care. That's Medicaid. So we were Medicaid recipients. I mean, we had a little gold card. I actually still have that card. But my sister was a different type of Medicaid recipient because of her mental health issues. This also meant that she received SSI. Um, <clears throat> not SSD and not regular Social Security. Regular Social Security income or what Social Security <clears throat> that you receive is for when you're older, when you retire in the U.S. <clears throat> but then you also have Social Security for those who are disabled, um, such as my sister. So she was considered mentally disabled because of her various mental health issues. Now, when she was a child, she had, generally speaking, hyperactivity disorders, um, but I'm pretty sure there were other illnesses that were ailing my sister when she was a child that were not addressed until she became an adult and until, you know, the disease that is mental illness had taken a good portion of her personality. So my sister, like I said, had all of these mental health issues. And so she, um, she went through life with temper tantrums not regular you know her temper tantrums were pretty much extreme so she had this um disposition of black <laughs> she's so she's so small and i could just remember her someone says something to her and she'd literally just jump up and punch him in the face like she's just so small but um she she wasn't able to really control her temper obviously being younger, but I being quite mild-mannered when it comes to my temperament, when it when I'm around people who are temperamental, it is almost if their temperamentalness um, calms my ability to be as angry all the time. So when I was with my sister, because I knew her temperament, mine was pretty much really chill and calm being around her 
And I would actually calm her down. She would always say, like, Chelts, you're the only one who can, like, really calm me down when I'm upset and, like, talk me through things. And so, yeah, there's that. But, so, anywho, my sister's story, you know, isn't uncommon in this country. Um, isn't uncommon around the world. But I want to talk specifically more about her life. So, like I said, we grew up poor, so she was an SSI recipient. Um, I think that's what hers is called, even though it's SS disability. Um, that's what she received. And then let's just move through the life. As a child, um, she was molested by a family member when she was an infant or a young kid or a young baby or something to that nature. But the thing is, she probably would have never known about it if people of my family didn't constantly bring it up or talk about it. Like, if they just kind of... My biggest issue with people... Okay, people have a right to know what happened in their life when they were a kid. But at what point are we destroying that person? You know, at what point is... uh, If it's something you cannot recall... And something you cannot remember, what good is it to have these constant reminders that something terrible has happened to you? You see what I'm saying? So I wish that my family would just not do that because I feel as though it would have helped her as a being, as a person. So my mom had my sister when she was very young. My mom had my sister when my mom was 16. And actually, when my mom was pregnant, she didn't know she was pregnant with my sister. My mother's best friend died, who was her brother. Um, So my mom's brother passed away when she was pregnant with my sister. That kind of that kind of trauma kind of, you know, gets to you. And it gets to the child that you're going to be having, even though you're a child yourself. So (laughs) no judgment on my mom. It was a different time. And it's the same time. Kids be doing stuff. But I digress. So my my mom, my sister had, you know, I'm trying to p- keep everything on track here, guys. <laughs> I'm really bad at this. Every time, every time I think of something, something else comes in my head. But anywho, so as a young child, she was dealt that hand, um, my sister anyway. And so she, you know, grew up knowing that this travesty had occurred to her. We had a relatively normal broke kid life. Like, yeah, we was broke, but our life was like what it was. You know, we made the best that we could. And then when my sister was 18, um, she was actually 17. She was 17 and I was, I want to say, if she was 17, I was 15. So she, she was 17 and going on 18. Was she 18? Okay, she was 18 and I was 16. Put it that way. When she was 18 and I was 16, um, she got pregnant. She moved out of the house. Or she was going to be moving out of the house with her boyfriend. Her boyfriend wasn't that much older. I think he was like 20 and she was 18. So, you know, consenting adult. So it was what it was. And her boyfriend was really cool. Um, he was really tall <laughs> compared to my sister's very tiny, 4'11", on a good day. She's probably 4'10". And 
when she was six months pregnant with my niece Olivia, uh, I remember being at the public library because we didn't have a computer in the house. So all summer, I would always just get up really early, go to the library so that I can play on computers. And that's how I learned to do like all my designing stuff. But I would go to the library. So I remember going to the library and then I was on my way back home and my sister was crying outside and like my mom was upset too and I'm like hey what the heck is going on and they were like they killed him they killed him I was like they they fucking killed who who got got you know I'm 16 so I'm like super confused as to what the hell's going on I was 15 or 16 I can't recall um but I rem I remember us getting in the car and then we drove to like um where apparently my sister's significant other passed away. People had been trying to reach him for two days. He was actually um he passed away because he he wasn't feeling well apparently. And he, you know, talked to my mom on the phone and was telling my mom how the apartment was going because he was purposefully keeping my sister away from the apartment because he was preparing the apartment and the nursery as a surprise. And so he was in their new apartment preparing, you know, the, the new place and he wasn't feeling well. And he decided, OK, I'm just going to go to sleep. So my mom talked to him like, I want to say two nights before and he went to sleep. And then I guess, you know, my sister didn't know where the new apartment was going to be because she would have just showed up. So his sister um, did know where the new apartment was going to be. I'm not sure that it was his sister who found out what uh, that it that he had not woken up. But anyways, so. His sister or somebody, I don't know, discovered him in the apartment and he just didn't wake up. He like went to sleep and didn't wake up. Now, there are speculations to the cause of his death. But again, I don't have his cause of death to speculate as to such as to what happened. But I do know that he went to sleep and he didn't wake up. So my sister was pregnant with my niece when this occurred. Now shittily shittily this destroyed my sister um she did have to be baker acted when she was pregnant with my niece right after this uh because it was just a lot for her and so when she got out you know she was back home with you know she was already home but she was definitely home more with me and then um we actually got kicked out or evicted or some shit i don't know my mom was bad at paying bills, but <laughs> got kicked out or evicted or some shit. And so then we ended up having to go live with my uncle who li we all lived on the same street. We lived in these apartment complexes that were just all on the same street. So then we moved to this two bedroom apartment with my uncle and his family. So he had a has a son, his girlfriend and yeah, he had his son, his girlfriend, and him. That was it. So we slept in. His son's room became our room. And that was fine. I mean, they were cool about it. So we moved in there. And then one day in September, September 5th, was when my sister had a doctor's appointment. So she went to the doctor's office for her doctor's appointment. And my mom took her. So I was at home minding my business. 
And then my sister comes home and she's like, I don't feel good. I'm, I'm hot. I'm sweating. Ugh. So she gets in the tub. So I'm like, okay, I'll run you a bath. I put it, we get her in the tub and she's bleeding. I'm like, Sierra, I think your baby is about to be here. <laughs> she's like, oh my God, my stomach hurts. Get me the hell out of here. So I said, mom, we got to get to the hospital because I think she's about to go into like give the baby now. <laughs> so we get to the hospital. It was so quick. Like my niece was like, hi, I'm here basically so we get to the hospital we get to um they had just actually finished building winnie palmer and which is really cool so it was brand new which means they were like state-of-the-art everything <laughs> brand new everything and i was in the labor and delivery room i'm literally 16 and i see like this baby's big fat head coming out of my sister's whatnot which by the way birth never ever discouraged me from anything like it's birth. I've seen cat give birth, dog, chicken, duck, everybody. So I was just seeing it and I was like, this sucks. <laughs> um, so she gave birth to my niece and then I stayed with her in the hospital with the babes. And my niece was so cute. She's the ch chunkiest little cheeks. She's small. She was early, um, but I feel like she was on time because although she was early, she was on time. <laughs> she came when she wanted to, which was four days after my mom's birthday or some shit like that. I don't remember. But anyways, so my niece came into this world. She was real cool about everything, real cool. And life went on. So then my sister, you know, started dating some other guy a couple years down the line or two years later after having my niece. And then she has my nephew, Julian. And this is my senior year of high school. So now I have this new baby nephew and my mom is also going through her life changes woman life crisis or whatever and so she ends up um we're in this apartment that my sister got for us okay and my mom starts dating one of the neighbor guys and we just up and leave the apartment literally like two months later and now me and my sister anna are living in this apartment because my older sister is an adult she doesn't live with us and i'm like uh <laughs> Mom, she just had this baby. So my mom was being shitty at that time, but we ain't gonna talk about that. I mean, let bygones be bygones. I'm just telling the story as I saw it. And this is probably why when my sister passed, I I can't legitimately say that I felt any, I felt more at peace, but I'll get to that maybe at a later date. But anyways, I felt more at peace. And I, because I had never done my sister wrong, ever, never stolen from her. I would always be upright and honest with her. And I think I mostly just wanted to protect her, even though I was the, the younger sister, still taller than her by four inches, though. And then my little sisters, our little sisters taller than me by like three inches. So, <laughs> but I digress anyways. So we move in, my mom my little sister and I move into my, my mom's husband's apartment, whatever, yada, yada. Life goes on. And then my sister has a new baby. Couple years, I want to say. <clears throat> she When did she have Harmony? 
She had my niece Harmony. I want to say Julian was probably, my nephew Julian was probably one and a half, almost two. He was two, about almost two. Um, when my sister had Harmony. Now, he's probably eh, closer to one and a half because Harmony was born in October. Yeah, Harmony was born in October, June. Yeah, okay. So, probably about one and a half. So, she has this new baby and she loves this baby. Unfortunately, the baby had to be in the ICU because he was born with some health problems, just a few. But then got out of the, uh, the, the, the baby NICU and my sister was living with my aunt Sheila, who also still lived on the same street as us. Like, we all still lived in the same area, same neighborhood. Um, and ironically, the apartment where my mom and my mom's husband uh, lived and where we also still, we lived in that area too, in that same apartment complex. That was the same apartment complex that we lived in when my sister's boyfriend passed away which is kind of weird. We just kept going back and forth because they're privately owned, so it didn't matter. You know, you need different landlords. So, anywho, we are... My sister lives with my aunt in a different privately owned complex. And, um, yeah, everything's going like normal. So, it's in March now. I just graduated from high school. Um, and... Yeah, I just, I graduated that past summer, so it was going into, like, the 2011 year, and I was going to start, you know, preparing to, to do the college. I took a I took the summer off, and then the whole fall, fall period, like, um, fall, winter break <laughs> off, so I wasn't going to go to class until spring of 2011, because I wanted to, I was just over school, like, so over high school <laughs> so anyways i was just minding my business also i got a really bad heartbreak over the summer so i was really sad so I took my time you know in life <laughs> but anywho 2011 rolls through and i am hanging out with friends i'm being more social now so one day i'm hanging out with friends and we take a night drive to the beach now some of our friends were gonna stay at the beach and then a couple were going to ride back to Orlando. So at first I was going to stay at the beach. I was like, call my mom. Hey, mom, I'm going to stay out here at the beach. You know, even though I'm an adult, I still live in her house. So I still have to tell her where I'm at. You know, it's like a respect thing. Police are going to miss and they're going to be like, well, where was your kid? And she's like, I don't know. And they're be like, why didn't you ask? Like, will you even ask adults where are you going? <laughs> so anyways, I was going to stay, but I got a sense to not stay and then I couldn't put my finger on it so I remember saying you know what I think I should go home and so I got a ride home um and I got dropped off came in the house my mom was doing that thing where she half half waking up going to get something to snack <laughs> and I said hey mom she's like hey and I went to the room my sister was asleep my little sister was asleep in the bed um, cause we shared a queen bed in our room. So I said, okay, night. I got in the queen bed, you know, that was it. That was it. Then I get up a little early and then I'm like, okay, I'm going to wash my hair and style my hair for the, 
for now, you know. So that's what I do. I get up, I start washing my hair, I start doing a new style, and I'm in my, in my bedroom in my mirror. My mom's still asleep because it is kind of early. So I just remember my mom getting a call and her freaking the fuck out. Like she just, oh my God, no, no, don't tell me that. I'm like, what the heck? So my mom comes in the room, she's dead, she's dead. I'm like, who? Who died? And she's like, so she gives me the phone and I'm on the phone and it's my cousin. Um, my cousin who who also lives in the apartment with my aunt. By the way, tiny apartment, one bedroom. At some point there was like 20 of us in there, but you know, broke people, impoverished life. <laughs> um, so we, this is ridiculous. I'm talking to my cousin and he's like, yeah, Harmony didn't, she's not waking up. She didn't wake up. So, so because it's an infant, the um, police has to be there. And the coroner, because she's already deceased there, has to come and um, to remove her from the place instead of, like, the hospital. Because instead of the hospital, instead of the ambulance. So we go over to my aunt's apartment. My sister's outside. And she's just sitting on the stoops of my aunt's apartment. And she was just like in shock. So and crying. So I go and I sit next to her while the police are talking to my mom and everybody's having this argument. And then the stupid ass baby daddy want to show up. Um, And so I sit next to my sibling and I say, you don't have to say anything if you don't want to. And that was it. And we just sat there and then she just put her head on my shoulder and I said, that's it. I didn't say anything. I just let her be. Also threw a bottle across the parking lot in front of the police, past the police to her baby daddy because he was yelling, it's your fault, you dumb bitch. And I wasn't having it. And his family was ghetto as hell. So I had me a Coca-Cola. And so I chucked the Coca-Cola and it hit him right in the forehead and I didn't go to jail. So because the police was like, yeah. You need to shut up, sir, because she just lost her kid. I get that it's your kid, but you can't go around insinuating. So as it turned out, my niece, I told you she was born with health issues, um, but she died of sudden infant death syndrome, which is known as SIDS. And typically it affects um, brown babies more than Caucasian babies, but it also usually affects boys more than girls. Uh, but she passed away at six months and that was kind of like really, you know, a shock to the family and to my sister who had just lost her significant other like three years before. <clears throat> now, my sister, before her, before having Julian and Harmony, she had already started drinking more frequently after she had my niece Olivia. And I remember when she had the baby Harmony, it after getting out of the hospital, my sister and the baby came to my mom's house. So she was at our mom's house, but then she got in a damn car accident with her drunk ass friend. Her car accident friend left the scene, left her left her and her other friend in the car. So then her and her other friend walk home from fucking John Young Parkway. And I'm like, what the hell happened to you guys? And so they tell me what happened. They say 
she left us in the car and they're drunk and like i want to go to sleep i'm like don't you go to sleep you guys can't go to sleep i'm gonna call the ambulance so i call 911 and the dispatchers apparently had already known about the car accident and they were looking for the people that were in the car and so they came to the house i talked to my sister before they got there why because they ain't going to say shit. They're going to see the ambulance people and they're not going to say nothing to them. So I did. I talked to them and said, what happened? Where where did it happen? Where did it occur? What were you doing? What seat were you in? Did you have a seat? But I like have to ask them these questions because black people are suspicious of motherfuckers, regardless if you ambulance or not. So I talked to the freaking EMTs that came to the house. They were they said, oh, yeah, we were actually just on our way back from that scene. Um, There was a a, they ran into a light pole. It was something stupid, Uh, but it wasn't my sister driving. So it was what it was. But, you know, y'all can be fleeing a scene. They thought they were going to be in trouble because they were drinking. But you guys were the fucking passengers. (laughs) So. That was one thing that occurred right after having Harmony. So I had, you know, I said, you need to go to the hospital. Just go to the hospital. So she did end up, I think she did end up going to the hospital. They checked her out. She was good. We got her back. And I was watching the baby that night. The baby was so cute. Um, (laughs) So I was watching my niece that night with anyway. And so, yeah, it was what it was. So my sister, like I said, had already started drinking before her baby passed away. But then after her baby passed away, she started drinking more frequently and more regularly and to the point where it was noticeable. It was noticeable right after she had the baby because it was like 11 o'clock in the morning. My mom and I remember there being Budweiser's uh, cans like in my sister's bag or she walked in the house and she cracked open a Budweiser. It's 11. It was either 10 or 11 in the morning. And my mom goes girl you know it's early to be drinking and my sister's like man it's fine (laughs) that was a sign you know to you know maybe there's something not right and I knew that I said Sierra what are you drinking I didn't drink at this time um so I wasn't drinking so anywho she had started drinking about 12 to 13 years ago Now, let's fast forward on to present day time. Uh, After my niece Harmony passed away, I should say, because it was a sudden infant death, um, CPS actually ended up removing my niece and nephew from the custody of my sister. Granted, the baby died of SIDS. That was it. But it wasn't just that. It was the fact that they were all living in this one bedroom um, apartment. Okay. But the kids weren't even there. They were actually at their aunt's house when CPS came to get them. CPS took my niece and nephew from their aunt, put them in the back of a little police car with little, little fucking, what do you call those, uh, car seats. And it traumatized those kids. And they also had no reason to take them from a safe environment. They were at their aunt's house. 
And that really devastated my sister. She never regained custody of my niece and nephew. Never. After the the death of her child, literally the same day, CPS came and took my niece and nephew and took them to Little Juvie, basically. And we couldn't see them. Meanwhile, my grandma has a house. All these other family members has a house. They just removed them for what? For what? For what? For what? Like, if I, knowing what I know now, if I had known what I know now back then, I definitely would have sued them because they take kids away from good families because they're poor and give them to poor, terrible families that are just using the kids for money. I never will fucking understand that. I will never support CPS. (laughs) I will never support Child Protective Services in the w- the capacity that they operate because some fucking caseworkers are fucking horrible people they're bitter because they can't have kids or whatever the choice may be but sometimes they're just fucking assholes and humans make mistakes but i digress my sister never recovered from that not from losing her child and then having her two remaining children taken away from her custody so that attributed to where we're at which is, you know, she's buried now. And there was just so much, as you can see, that happened in her life, in her formative years, before she was 18, and then after she was 18. Like, just so much occurred in her life that never got addressed properly and never being taught how to handle her emotions or or to pr- how to process things. Um, she was given prescriptions when she was a kid for her hyperactivity, but my mom didn't like how dull it made her, so she didn't give it to her anymore. She got like, I don't fucking know, uh, Adderall or something at when she was like six, and my mom was like, yeah, no, that's not my kid. I'm not giving it to her, which I, I agree, you know, you kids just be energetic at that age. But A lot of times kids are misdiagnosed with hyperactivity when they have other disorders. And knowing what I know now about mental health, hey, recognize the signs. Girls are often misoverlooked and misdiagnosed when it comes to mental health issues. They get so overlooked. Even the standards for autism is based on boys, not even fucking girls. Because it looks differently in women. It looks differently in girls. So, goodness. I had to stop clearing my throat. (laughs) Anywho, all of those things that occurred in my sibling's life added up to the drinking. Because she never got the help that she needed. And so... There was a time when she did good. She went to rehab. She went to therapy. She did AA. And there was a time when I thought she would be better because she was an admitted alcoholic. She was like, I do a lot of, she says, I don't do no drugs. I'm just an alcoholic. There, I said it. I admit it. I'm a goddamn alcoholic. That's how she would say it. And so she never made it past that first step of admitting that she was an alcoholic. And she went to rehab and she 
did AA. And then she would leave AA and say, <laughs> damn, these people's stories make me want to drink. They just so, <sighs> what is they going on about? She hated AA uh, because she said that people sit in there and their feelings about dumb shit. And she would say it, dumb shit. Like, I don't understand. And, and I would look at her puzzling because I'm like, it's because most of the people in there probably have other issues. You're not going to just sit up there and share your whole life story. And, you know, she understood that. But we never knew about the comas until uh, after she had been in induced coma. She'd be like, yeah, I was in a coma, you know, in February. And we'd just be like, you didn't call us? And she would say it nonchalantly like it was nothing. As if it was nothing. She would call me and I would tell her I would have to talk to the EMTs and tell them her list of medications because at this point in time she was being treated for her uh, mental health issues in order for her to get her kids back and I need to backtrack actually in order for her to get her kids back um, me and my grandmother had custody of the kids I had to move my grandmother to help my grandma with the kids once we got the kids back two days after they had been in baby prison um, so I did and we had to take our, my sister to a couple therapists. So we took her to a therapist who gave us a list of her issues at that time. Like I want to say a month or so after we buried my niece and she had everything from bipolar personality disorder bipolar depression, multiple personality disorder, uh, and a slew of other personality-related disorders. These personality disorders hindered her from getting better from alcoholism because some of her personalities of Sierra herself wasn't an alcoholic, but then Sierra had this one personality. She would call her Tiffany and... <laughs> Like, when she meet people in public and she's drunk, she'd be like, yeah, my name's Tiffany. I'm like, your name is Sierra. <laughs> but she would do that, and it was one of her personality disorders. Or fucking plethora. I don't fucking know. But she never, she finally got medication for her disorders and her depression, except the problem was some of the medications they gave her you can't a good portion of them you cannot drink with like when she was having manic episodes she would call me and she would ramble on and on and on and i would say sierra you're being manic let's take this one step at a time and she's like okay 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 yeah you're right you're right you're right i'm, I'm being manic okay let me stop <sighs> okay let me slow down all right see that's why i like you you know how to calm me down and that's what she would say and then I would have to remind her, you cannot drink with these medications. And I won't list the medications, uh, but there were quite a few. The idiotic part is that I don't understand is all her medical professionals knew that she was an alcoholic. Why prescribe her? Fucking why prescribe her anything? <laughs> uh, especially since most of these scheduled narcotics you can't drink with you will die all of them slow your heart rate most of hers did and she's also drinking 
which also, you know, made her all slow. And and it was just, she would say, I don't feel right. My heart feels funny. And I'm like, your heart's skipping too many beats. So then it got to a point where she had Crohn's disease attributed to drinking. And cirrhosis of the liver. Last year, it was stage four. So her liver was completely failing. And once I learned that her liver was completely failing, I had the tale of my family realistically. Realistically, someone who's been drinking as long as she has will die after the 13th, 14th year period. This was her 14th year, 13th year, 13th year. This was her 13th year, maybe 14th. So I got to a point, like I said, that I was fully understanding the gravity of her mortality. And it sucks. And it feels almost as if my family acts surprised because it was sudden because we literally just saw her. She was at Thanksgiving at Thanksgiving. She was at Fourth of July at my house. But she was so small. And I remember thinking, she had gained weight in March when I saw her, but all the weight that she had in March looks like it just disappeared. Like she had just been heavily drinking. And then she would always lie like, oh, those mini bottles in my purse, those been there. I just grabbed them. That's an old purse that had these mini bottles in them, like vodka. She was a hard liquor drinker. And so I would just say, uh-huh. I wouldn't pass judgment on her, and she appreciated that. But I do sometimes think I should have said more to her about it. But again, if she wasn't going to get sober for her children, who were her world, there was nothing that I could say that would fix it. She said that she would drink when she was upset about losing her baby or her significant other. But I know that she had gotten over that grief, period, and that the disease that is alcoholism had taken over. And it was just an excuse to drink. Because if she tried to stop drinking, she would start withdrawal. And that could kill you too. Either way, her story, like I said, isn't uncommon. It's more like a cautionary tale for millions of Americans and their kids. My niece and nephew do not have a mom or dad. And it's like, is that what you want to leave? Your kids up in the air? Orphaned? Like, do you have a plan for them? Because... I did talk to my sister seriously about her life. And like I said, I did feel that her time was close. And I, and I really hate saying it like that, but I did. Especially after seeing her on July 4th and then discovering that she was drinking and threw up on the side of the house. But she was so small. And she did apparently drink more when the kids were away. So the kids were actually away at their other aunt's, um, Olivia's uh, Olivia's dad, 
who passed away, his sister's house. They were at her house, and, well, when the kids are away, she would drink more. So the kids often felt like they had to stay around her to watch her and to take care of her. Your kids shouldn't have to take care of you, you know? So, anyways, yeah, I decided that this is the only way that I knew how to get out her story is through my podcast. So if you or someone you know is suffering with alcoholism, feel free to share my sister's story because the hardest thing I had to do was write her obituary as her little sister and then select her casket and then go to the cemetery and select her plot, which was still three graves away from the baby. And when I get enough money, I'll, I will want to move them together. Um, but that's, that even costs a lot because legal, legal, legal and, you know, stuff. But just remember that if you have people who you love and care about, you got to do something to get better. And then also fuck the government for just giving you a check that like does like that's so dumb. Oh, that is so dumb. That is actually what aggravates me the most is that even if I wanted to have her committed or not even committed, but even if I wanted to put her in, say, a re rehab, she could check herself out. But you're saying that she's not legally able to work mentally and capable of certain decisions, but not others. And I just don't understand that. It's mind-boggling to me how that could be. <laughs> this fucking place. Anyways... If you'd like more resources, visit sierraproject.org. And her name was spelled funny, so it's S-I-E-A-R-A project.org. And as always, thanks for listening. Laters.